Welcome to New Life Bible Church, and thank you for joining us. Every week, listen to practical teaching of God's Word you can apply to your life as you live out your faith every day. Our vision at New Life is that you may know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Here's this week's message from New Life Bible Church. Gentlemen, happy Father's Day. I trust all your socks are comfy and your new underwear have all the elasticity they are meant to have. Everything we've been waiting to get, praise God. Fresh batteries in the remote. <laughs> they last a year? Oh, praise God. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you on behalf of the elders, the pastors, and with the church. Thank you for just being such a strong foundation and men of God at this church, the fathers, the husbands that you are, getting up every day. And just carrying the weight of the husband, of the father. And, uh, you know, I mentioned last service, you notice, I've noticed the different things as you get older, not, not just older, but when you become a husband and father. And one of the things I was thinking about that has nothing to do with the service, but I brought it up earlier, is I, like, I notice if I sleep wrong now, I'm at that point in my life where I'm sore for like 24 hours. And um, you know what I used to have to do to be sore? Physical activities. But now, if I'm doing nothing, but I'm doing it incorrectly, there's, there's consequences to those actions or non-actions. And uh, yeah, preach. So they're like, that's not a father thing. That's everybody. So happy Father. Thank you, not just for being a father to your children, but to being a father in your community, in your neighborhood. Uh, n- not everyone has necessarily that father, but everyone can have a father figure. And um, you are a blessing, and it's not just your children watching you. It can, uh, it can be anybody and the world needs more fathers, more fathers who are in the Word, more fathers who are reading the Word, and more fathers who are acting out the Word. So thank you. The, uh, I, had, uh, you know, I, I have great memories of my father, but I, I grew up spiritually here, and uh, I, there's lots of spiritual fathers that taught me a lot of things. I know, you know Armando, most of you know, I, I spent much time with Lozano. So he, I remember he sat me down. It was a long time. He actually sat me down with my girlfriend at the time and showed us both how to work a gun because I'd never used guns before. So he made us. It wasn't even in his eyes. He's like, oh, you need to know this. Sit down. And uh, that was his fathering tool in uh, me and my girlfriend, which, of course, it meant best interest I married because she now knows how to uh, properly use a firearm. So that was, that was literally a shotgun wedding in every sense of those words. So <laughs> she, uh, she, uh, she's like, yeah. I'd ask soon if I were you. You got it, baby. Just the, uh, so thank you, thank you, thank you. What better way to uh, celebrate Father's Day and what better thing to talk about on Father's Day than our Heavenly Father. The, um, today I'd like to talk to you about the, the prodigal son. It's one of my favorite stories, one of my favorite parables. Um, Jesus told parables, and their uh, parable is just a simple story with major spiritual significance. And they're unlike anything that's ever been told. The Bible is unlike any book that's ever been written because it is inspired by God. And the scriptures are alive. They speak to all of us in a different way. Me and Nick can read the same story and come up with two different things. It speaks to him. It speaks to me. And unlike a story you can read and just get it, you know, the scripture for thousands of years been reading scripture and you're still pulling revelation we're still pulling things from it we're still pulling things daily not as a whole but individually as a human race it is uh it is incredible the stories that were told the i love this story we're actually not going to get into the whole story there's um there's three characters the father who represents father god the younger son the prodigal son and the older son and uh we're not going to get into the second half we're going to focus on the prodigal son today 
and it's probably going to take up most of the time, praise God, which is good. The, uh, there's a lot of good stuff in there. And we're going to focus on three aspects. There's three things that the story reveals to us. I said speaks to us all differently. These are the things that I believe this story reveals that stuck out to me the most, giving me the most insights and uh, most revelation. And we can always, the, the Bible is the top authority on everything, and that includes being a father. So we can read the books, we can watch, um, we can watch people speak about it, teach about it, but this is the top authority on what it means to be a father, where we put not just father, a, a mother, a husband, a wife, a worker, this is the top authority on everything. So this is, this is what matters. In all the books I've read on being a husband and a father, I knew I wanted to be a father from a young age within the confines of marriage. The, uh, I've read plenty of books, I've had plenty of people uh, speak into my life, but this was always, this was the authority. Always. And if it wasn't in here, the, it, not that it wasn't important, but it all has to be lined up with the word and uh, on what to be a father. So we'll see what the Bible has to say about being a father today. Actually, before I do that, the, uh, I forgot to share a story. The, a lot of you know uh, my son Sam. A lot of you may not know about my, I have a son in uh, the sound booth, actually. One time at youth group, the, uh, Ryan and Ellie came to youth with us. They were uh, right before we went to camp. We had a discussion. And we split up. The young ladies went uh, in there. The young men came out here. And me and Ryan were talking to, to uh, the young men. And this one youth member, I, I don't remember who it was, but he would look at Ryan. He'd look at me. He'd look at Ryan. He'd look at me. He'd look at Ryan. He'd look at me. And he looked at Ryan. And he says, is he your dad? <laughs> to which I replied, yes. Yeah. That's my boy. That is my boy. Because we are strikingly similar, of course. So... I only bring that up every day and a half, and that happened a long time ago. So, you know, you got to, you know. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So the three things I want to get into this story. The first thing, we don't even have to get into the story to uh, know it. I'll just tell you about the bat. The first thing this reveals, and I'll explain it after I say it, it's who we are to him, who we are to God. The first thing this story reveals to us. In my opinion, this is the best story, one of the best stories that explains who we are in relationship to God. I think it's one of the best. Absolutely one of the best. And for a simple reason, one, who's telling it? Jesus is telling it. Jesus is telling the story. And not just that, but within those reasons are many reasons. Um, in the Gospels, every, every, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they all have a different uh, theme. In the book of John, is one of my favorites. The theme of the book of John is the divine one. It is much different than the first three Gospels. Much, much different. And that is because it speaks on the divinity of Jesus more than anything else. And we know that from how it starts, which is, doesn't start like any other Gospel. In the beginning was the Word, which is Jesus. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. He has been there since the beginning. Later on down that page, it says the Word, Jesus, the Word then became flesh. So we can picture eternity this way. I, I think we can all get a grasp on that. We've seen enough movies. But I think it's very hard for humans to picture eternity this way. So I can get forever in a straight linear time. I get that. But to imagine forever this way, forever and ever, I don't, we, I don't believe we're created to grasp that. Yeah. The, uh, so he's, it's, he's been there since the beginning. So who better to tell this story? Who better to tell this description than somebody who's known the Father? forever. In the book of John, we get a, a insight on more of what Jesus is trying to accomplish. Jesus came to accomplish two things. He came to fulfill the plan of salvation, 
and he planned to reveal, uh, he came to reveal the Father to us. Reveal the Father to us, uh, all through the scripture, and we see that in two verses in John. John 5, 9, Jesus gave this answer, very truly I tell you, the Son can do nothing by himself, but can do only what he sees his Father doing, because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. So he's been there since the beginning, he only do, uh, does what God does. John twelve forty nine. For I do not speak on my own, but the Father who sent me, commanded me to say all that I have spoken. So he's been there since the beginning. He does what God does. He says what God says. So all through the gospel, all through the scripture, we can see God literally put together his face, his personality, his characteristics by what Jesus is doing. Are you with me? So how Jesus reacts, we understand how God reacts. What brings Jesus joy, we see what brings God joy. What makes Jesus angry, we see what makes God angry. And we can see his reactions when there's a, a, a story where the children are running to Jesus and the disciples are like trying to stop the kids. And he says, no, let the children come to me. So just from that, we, can, we know our Father in heaven says, let the children come to me. We can see that from how Jesus reacted to the situation. The, do you know who a child won't run up to? Not just a stranger. True. Stranger danger. Angry. A angry, grumpy person. Children do not run up to those people. You know what children do run up to? <laughs> they, run up, they run up to a smiling, happy person. They run up to those people. They're excited to see those people. They're excited. They can't wait because there's joy, there's love. So we know they didn't just run to Jesus just because they heard of Jesus. They ran up to Jesus because he was smiling and he wanted the children to come to him. We know that from the scripture and from we know about kids. So we know from Jesus, and we can put characteristics and things together about who God is, like puzzle pieces. And now we, now we know God on an intimate level because that was one of Jesus' goals, to reveal the Father, which he did. So who we are to him, Jesus was the best narrator, best person to tell this story. Pastor Curly, are you in here? Can you fill this up to about here? Thank you so much. I don't know who was here Wednesday or who was watching Wednesday, but if Pastor Curley is ever preaching, you better make sure you get here. That was, I told last service, I, I, I met him after the service like a stick-up. I was like, give me all your notes. Pass them over. Give me your scriptures. Nobody gets hurt. Just kind of backed away. Give me everything. So, yeah, it was good. It was good. So, we are going to start off verse 11. Then he said, Jesus, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, 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 <clears throat> Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, his stuff all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. Okay, just making sure it wasn't. All right. So he wasted all his, everything he had prodigal living. So he got everything. He took whatever was his. Last week, Alistair spoke, um, which was awesome. And uh, he, he referred to heaven and the Father as something, as the source. A lot of you may remember. It was the source. God's the source. Everything here is a resource. God is the source. This young man lived with his father, 
and he was a source. He was a river. He was a, a flowing, healthy river, unlimited supply, water, fish. It was his source for everything. And this son went and took a cup, and he scooped out of the river, took his resource, and left. So he left the source, and he traded it for a resource. And I think we could all understand that there are, you know, we see people pray, God, I need a, I need a car. If I could just get a car, if I could just get a little bit more finance, if I could just get this job. And then they get it, and we see a transition where now this is their source, and this is, this is what they're glorifying, right? And this is what they put their faith and trust in. You understand? So he took his resource, and it says he spent it all. He went through it, right? Ah, he partied up till he had no cent left. And this young fellow knew how to party. He was buying all the shoes, all the clothes. He got a two-story house with a three-camel garage. He was getting, he got a, a carriage with candy paint and a radio system. He was at the uh, courtside at the, at the Jerusalem Globetrotters, just <laughs> buying up everything. Right? He was going to the club. He was buying tables, bottles, paying the DJ to play his favorite prodigal son mix. Right? <laughs> I want to dance with somebody. I want to feel the heat with somebody. I want to dance with somebody. And that's how, you, that's how you smoke out the heathen. Security, we had one or two over here. We had a few here. There was a lot of pastors and elders. That's unfortunate. But uh, whoever's up security, there's about 17 over here. So that's, let's, let's get that wrapped up. Always get some. Get some every time. He was going through all his resources. May I take a step back? More people sung along to that than I initially thought. That was fantastic. The, uh, he went through, going through all his resources. Resource. We can tell from this story, a little side point. He didn't have any friends here. He had friends, but not because of who he was, because of what he had. A side note to the side note. Make sure you watch who you're friends with. Make sure you watch who's in your inner circle. Amen. Birds of a feather. Amen. We can't soar like eagles if we're hanging out with turkeys at the same time. So we, we, have, we have to watch who's in our circles. We have to watch why people like us. Amen. He went to a faraway land, splurging. He wanted to go to a place where nobody knew him. He wanted to go to a place where he wasn't accountable. A side note to my previous side note, and adding a side note. <laughs> if you or anyone you know ever has an urge, say, and I think it's common, I think people romanticize about this idea. I want to move away to a place where nobody knows me. I could start fresh. If you ever have that thought or know somebody and you plan to keep up your relationship with God, you better get a word from the Lord first. Because very few stories end well that start with, I want to go where nobody knows me. I'm not accountable. Even though it's not what we're saying, sometimes that can be what it is. Stranger danger, right? That's going to be the next service. So here he is spending everything, buying everything, Giving people everything. He has all these people around him splurging. And his resource he took out of the river, his unlimited source. 
he scooped out and he went through all of it. And we see that he ended up in a different situation incredibly fast. I went so far past my notes, so then, there we go. Starting at verse 14. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and sent him to the field to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. When you're a pig long enough, it's only a matter of time before you find yourself in a pig pen. When you're living like a pig, a pig it's, it's naturally where somebody's going to end up. That's, that's the end of the road. And he was out of options. He had no options. He used all his resources. He had to pair up with a citizen of that country because now he needs work. And instead, he would have gladly ate pig food. Now, I, there's things we would eat for survival, it's hard to imagine something you would gladly eat. Amen. The, and I know there's, it's much different here. In, uh, in America, this is, we're, we're very blessed. The, uh, but I know my, my wife, Columbia and El Salvadorian, she'll tell me stories when she would visit and her cousins and this. And one of my favorite stories that she ever told me was her trying to explain to her cousins in El Salvador, Colombia, El Salvador, uh, what, uh, what an appetizer is. Because they just, they're like, what? She's like, yeah, you know, you order the food. Like, it's the food before your food. But your food, no, it's, it's, is it my food? Well, it's your pre-food to your real food. It's your pre-pre-food. And um, it's just funny to think of these things and how other people are like, all the things that go past us and how amazing it is. You know, you have no idea. So anyways, he was glad to eat food. He was glad to eat anything. The second thing the story shows us is the consequences of sin. And I don't want that to be confused with punishment because there, there is punishment for sin. The penalty for sin is death. But when Jesus died on the cross, he took that punishment. So now when we accept Jesus, uh, Jesus took that punishment for us. So we don't receive that punishment when Jesus is in our heart. But available to all who's willing to participate, there are consequences to sin on this earth. There are consequences for things. Sin is an immediate payoff. Sin is an immediate payoff. You can get married and it's an investment. You get married and there's so many benefits and blessings to marriage, but it's work. There's a payoff for that. And you can, you can play marriage and you could just move in and just have sex and do whatever you want. And you could do it outside the will and the, and the margins of what God planned, but there's consequences. There are consequences for that. Some immediate, bless you, some immediate, some not so, but there are consequences for sin. Sin will push you farther than you intended to go, and it'll cost you much more than you intended to pay. I was watching a, uh, a fight once uh, on TV, and it was an MMA fight, and there was a fighter who he, he picked up the other fighter and just carried him to the other side of the ring, and uh, not really fast and aggressive, not lazy and, and full of water like I just did. But, you know, like fighters do. Two services now, so I'm just drinking water left and right, talking about the product. <laughs> The, um, plus my coffee that for some reason I keep drinking. And so I took him to the other side of the, the cage. And the commentator said this. I don't know how true this is. I didn't fact check it. But um, the commentator said he's trying to get his opponent further away from his coach so he can't hear what the coach is saying to him. So his trainer, all the people, trying to get him far so he can't hear what they're yelling. Sin will push you past the point of accountability of others. 
Sin will push you to a place where, first, it'll push you to a place where you're not hearing accountability. But the funny thing is, it'll push you past the place where you're afraid to ask for the accountability because now I've went too far into the pig pen where I don't want to tell this person what I did. I don't want to tell this person what I'm watching. I don't want to tell this person what I'm spending money on. I don't want to tell this person what I'm doing. So it pushes us slightly, but then really it just, you just kind of catch the wind and you just keep going because it's too far to go back anyways. Sin will push you past the point of accountability. And we see that because he was you know, almost royalty and now he's in the pig pen. This is a perfect illustration of a committed life to sin. The Inuits came up with a way to hunt wolves long, long, long time ago. They would get a knife and they would dip it in blood. They would freeze it, dip it in blood, freeze it, dip it in blood, freeze it, and just layer it, layer it, layer it, and they'd tie it to something sturdy like a rock or a tree. And the wolves would, they would smell it. They would come and they would, they would, they would lick the knife. It was a bloody knife. They would lick the knife. Each time licking the knife, they would cut their tongue a little deeper, a little deeper. A little deeper. And if you know, if, if you're t- it actors bleeds a lot, actually, when you cut your tongue. And so the wolves would lick this thing, not being able to distinguish which is th- their blood, what is that blood. They just know they're having blood. And they're licking and licking. And eventually this would happen, and so the wolves licked, and they bled out. And they would actually die for their hunger, trying to get that blood. Sin will give you an immediate taste. Not you, anyone. The prodigal son, everyone. It gives you an immediate taste of what you want. But there is consequences. Immediately, there is a payoff. But there are dangerous consequences. I know this is quite the downer on Father's Day, but we're going to pick it back up. Don't worry. I like to take everyone through a roller coaster of every emotion possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So the story shows us who we are to him. It shows us the consequences of sin and one of the last things I believe when I see it shows to us is God the Father reveals to us, not in a way that we haven't known God the Father, but it reveals to us in this sense, in this story, in this context of God actually represented as a human father in the worst possible situation for a parent, which is what, I don't know what my child is. Is that not the scariest thing? Is that not the scariest thing we just don't know at any age? Or... Uh, my son is at the age now where he can come and go in rooms as he pleases. He, he sort of understands how doors work. And uh, he got to a place a while ago where we just, he doesn't, we didn't, he didn't do this. This is his first time, but we just hear, eh. He, he does it all the time. It's not a word. Then it gets louder, and we're like, where did he, somehow he, got, he locked himself in the bathroom. And if we get in there, and like, like you would see a cat, if you lock it in, there's toilet paper shreds there where everything's knocked over. He was just... <laughs> He didn't know how he got in. He didn't know he was going to get out. But he was going to tear everything apart until something happened. So we, we didn't know where he went. Now, of course, this is a minor, minor example. But this is the most, this is a terrifying situation. And this is the example Jesus used. In this story, the person who knows God the most says what God says, does what God does. So essentially, this is God telling a story about what he would do. You understand? This is God telling a story about what he would do in the sense of, this is a human example of God's love. So it shows us God the Father in a way the world doesn't believe and doesn't want to see because the world sees God as angry, sees God as always wanting to judge us, sees God as up there with a lightning bolt. Why would God let this happen? How will God allow this to happen? Why do bad things happen to good people? Well, good people live in a bad world. 
And that's a very hard truth, and there's no preaching coming after that. That's, that's just how it is. Good people live in a bad world. But God is good through all of that, through all of that, all the time. Verse 17. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I'm dying with hunger. I will rise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy. I am no longer worthy. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he didn't want to come back as a son. He wanted to come back as a servant. Do you know what my least favorite response is when trying to invite someone to church? I have to get, my, I have to get better first. I need to better myself first. It's like waiting for your leg to heal before you see a doctor. It's like getting over the flu before you take the medicine. It doesn't make sense. And my least, least favorite is I, I got to get right. I'm too, there's too much going on. What's the other one? If I, sit in, if I step foot in that church, I'll burn down. Like, dude, you have, shut up. You have no idea who, you know, it's, where do you think all the bad people end up, dummy? Church! This is the last resort. It's death or church. Most of them are here. Man, it's, 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 I, I can never get past it when you, and I, I remember learning as a young man, hearing testimonies of people and thinking, wow, this is, nobody's born a Christian. Nobody's born a Christian. Some people find Jesus sooner than the others, but, you know, some of them later ones got some pretty good stories, right? <laughs> it was like, Yeah. <laughs> So he wanted to go back. He didn't want to go back as a son. He wanted to go back as a servant. And that's part of the sin pushing us past the, pound, uh, the point of accountability where I'm not even, I'm not, I can't go back to where I was. I have to come back this way. So we're talking about God the Father. The story reveals the Father in a way that we can understand and we can all relate to. And he arose and came to his father, but when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight and am no longer worthy to be called your son. Before we read the rest, there's, this isn't the way this story should have ended. It's not. That wasn't the correct reaction if somebody else was telling the story. He had every right to not let him in. He took his inheritance. He was, he was done. That's an inheritance. That's good luck. He had every right to not let him back in. He had every right to, to, to strike him down. He certainly didn't have to be happy, and he certainly didn't have to run, which was something people just didn't do then, because if you did, you had to go. You had to pull up your clothes. You had to show your legs. Those dudes didn't do that. You didn't run. And that's such a small thing, but it's true. That's the, the fact... The fact that he pulled up his clothes and he ran after him is such a far-fetched thought. But this is what happened. And again, this is Jesus telling a story about God. But in essence, it's God telling a story about how he reacts to his children. Are you with me? So different translations say different things. The uh, one translation says his heart was pounding when he saw his son. You could come up, Ricky. His heart was pounding the, when he saw him from far away. And that tells us a couple things. He didn't just pass by the window. There is very likely chance 
He was waiting for his son. Day after day after day. It's a different translation. I think it might be the Passion Translation. I can't remember. It said his heart was pounding when he saw him. God says, my heart is pounding when people are coming back to me. His heart was pounding. Another translation says, when the son came, it said his father wasn't even listening to what he was saying through his explanation. God, I'm sorry. No, shut up. Get him everything. Get him back in the house. And he didn't care about anything. I don't care where you came from. You're here, right? Are you with me? I don't care where you came from. You're here now. This is, don't worry about that stuff. He didn't say, hey, before you come inside, you need to fix this. Hey, before you come inside, you need to get right in this area of your life. Hey, before you get inside, you need to stop doing this, dating that person. Stop, block, stop liking these people, right? And instead, you have to stop this habit. And instead, you have to start with this, right? There was, no, there was no regulations to get back into the house. Are you with me? There was no, there was no regulations. So you need to stop this. You need to start, stop liking those people. Stop being mean. Stop being, there's so many things I want to get into. But think about all the things that people do that Chris don't agree with, that God's saying, just come in. We'll figure it out later. Come in. Come in. So he wouldn't even let him finish. It's another translation. No, excuse me. Another translation says he interrupted him. So God, I, our Father, I just, I'm not, I'm not listening. He's interrupting. He doesn't care. I don't care about where you came from. Just come in. So all these translations are painting a picture of this father who we're reading about, told by Jesus that represents the father, but reality is the father telling the story about how he would react in the situation. Saying, it doesn't matter where you, I do not care. Let's, priority is get in. Priority is get you back. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him. And put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf here and kill it. And let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And he began to be merry. Now there are so many good things here. Gosh, it's such a good story. But there's something I want to focus on. He gave his son three things. A robe, a ring, sandals. Right? All of those, all of those are so good. I wish we had time. All of those are so good. But one thing I want to focus on is his ring. He gave his son a ring. He didn't just give him the ring that he found on the kitchen counter after he left and said, hey, you forgot this. He gave him his ring. Now, rings then, they weren't just a vanity or, or a fashion statement. They represented something to that family. You would get it at a young age. You would mold it. You make it bigger the older you got. And it, 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 it resembled, it, it stood for your, it was your family name. It was your family name on that ring. So you would use this when you're doing legal things. You're signing documents. You would stamp it in a wax ring, I believe wax, and you would stamp. You would sign. It's how you sign documents. It was legal. You use it when you're buying things. You would stamp it in wax, and you put it on your family's tab. Boom. That's Lozano's family. All that steak. Boom. Three pages of stamps. Lozano, 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 Lozano. But not only that, the family name, it was your access, it was your authority, and it was your identity. So when his son came back, if the father would have not been as happy to see him, but he still got his ring, it still would have been a pretty good story. If the father was happy to see him, but he didn't get the ring, it would have been a completely different story. Because not only was the father saying, 
Here is your access. Here is your identity back. Here is your authority back. He's saying you will come back into the family as if you never left in the first place. You will return. There's no, there's no steps. You are back in like you never left. Are you with me? This is him saying you are not a child of the pig pen. You are a child of the father. Are you with me? He came back as a servant. And his father said, no, 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 no. Get the robe. Get the ring. Get the sandals. You are now an extension of my authority. You now have access to everything I have. All the resources, I am your source. You now have access. There's no stages. You have complete access. Right? Oh, all that stuff you did, that's fine. We'll, 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 we'll figure that out. There's still... Yes, we'll figure that out. We'll figure that out. We'll figure that out. But that doesn't, you don't have to be here for this. You now have the access. Not just, this is important. This is important. Not just to the resources. You have access to me. You have access to the throne room. You have access to me. Because all the resources are an extension of me. Because I am the source. Father's saying, you have access to me because you are a father. Excuse me. You are a son to the father. You are a daughter to the father. You are a child of the father. You are not a child of the pig pen. You are not a child of the pig pen. Father, we thank you so much for what your word says about being a good father, that we have the best authority, the best <laughs> professional, the best professional to tell us what it means to be a father, what it is to be a father. Not just a father, but every, every aspect of our life, every aspect of our life, we have the, uh, the best authority here. And that's the word of God, your scripture, Father. You are a loving, loving God. You are a loving, loving God. And while we're still praying, if you're here today and by chance you heard that story and you think, out of everything in that story, I think that I relate to the pig pen the most. I think a lot of us have been in the pig pen. And what the pig pen is really, in this story, yes, it was the consequences of sin. Yes, it was the example of a committed life to sin. But it was separation from the Father. He was separated from the Father with no source, no resource, not a friend, getting ready to eat pig food. He was separated in the life of sin. If you feel like you relate to that the most, we just want to pray with you real quick. We're just going to have you come up. We just want to pray with you because it's important to know that it's okay to be there, but it's not okay to stay there. So if that was you, and if there's nobody, that's fine, but if that was you, if you want to slip your hand up, and we'll pray with you. Anybody? All right. Father, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you that we don't need to live in the pig pen, uh, the pig pen, God. It's not for us. It wasn't designed for us. It's designed for pigs. We may get there by living like that, but we don't need to stay there, Father. We have access. We are children of you, Father. We are children of God. Not only the authority in your name, we have to access the Lord, the resources. Yes, but to you, Father. We have access to you. Father, access to you. We have access to you, God.
Help us to be better people and a step further. Help us to be better fathers. On this day, we honor fathers. We honor fathers, dear Lord. We thank you for giving us the best example there is. But help us to be an example to everyone around us, not just our homes, Father, our communities, young fathers, young men, Father, young men who may not have the correct example. Help us to be the example for them, dear Lord. We thank you, Father. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the New Life Bible Church podcast. If you're ever in the Central Florida area, consider this a standing invitation for you to join us. We would love to meet you. Services are Sundays at 1030 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If this message blessed you, imagine what it would be like in person. Keep up with everything going on at New Life on our website, orangecitychurch.com. New Life Bible Church, you will never be the same.